And suddenly, a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him. Lord, save us. We perish. Why are you fearful? Oh, you of little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a great calm. So the men marveled. Who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side, because they are the ones in the captain's chair. They are the ones in charge. They're the host with the most. They're at the wheel, and they are steering the ship through these crazy waters that we call life. So welcome. Glad to have you all here. Welcome to His Hardline. For episode 499, we're going to be doing a reading out of Genesis chapter 27. We'll have a little summary, and then we'll close it out in prayer, and then we will kick off the second show. So welcome, glad to have you all here. It is Tuesday, April 4th, 2023, and I hope everybody's having a great week so far. Everyone's having a great week so far. So uh, real quick, before we get going, just a little bit of housekeeping. Don't forget, if you have any questions or you have any prayer requests or you have information or, uh, or most importantly, if you want to get involved with your state assembly, uh, give me an email, shoot me an email at hardline at gmail.com. That's hardline at gmail.com. You can uh, ask me, um, you know, what we need to do to get you situated. Um, if you're trying to get in touch with somebody in your state to see if your assembly is going on in your state, I will respond to you and we'll get Destry added to the email so he can get you in contact with the right man or woman. Now, for whatever reason, there is no assembly that started in your state. 
Um, are you ready to take the reins and be the first one, be the coordinator of, you know, getting everything together? Um, cause what you're going to need is minimum 30 people. You know, we try to tell you 35, but at minimum 30 people. All right. Because this is the only way we're going to get all this nonsense that we're seeing in the news media. This, this sham of an indictment that we're seeing with Trump and, and this clown circus, bread and circus BS nonsense. It, the only way we see any of this go away is when we assemble all of our states. All right. But that's a different topic for a different show. So we're going to get into that a little bit more on the other side. But we're going to keep it straight. Jesus here today. Um, so, again, if you want an email with just about anything there. Now, if you're asking me a thousand questions and you're asking the same question over and over again, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to ignore that because I see what those kind of tactics are. And I will not waste my time and spin my tires in the mud answering the same question that has been asked five, six, seven, eight, twenty times. Not going to do it. I have much more important things to tend to than waste my time on people who intend on wasting mine. So <clears throat> anyway, as a quick disclaimer, remember, as I always state on the podcast periodically now going forward, I am not a doctor. I do not wear a white coat. I'm not a financial advisor, a pastor, a priest, a deacon, a biblical scholar, or a bar lawyer. And I do not give out legal advice. I am also not the official face or voice of the national state or county assembly. Additionally, I do not advocate for violence. I am my own man, and the opinions, thoughts, and statements are of my own, unless unless I reference other material. Now that that's out of the way, I like to kind of let me go through here on the listener board here. So I see we got my wife on here. I always like to say hello to everybody. So hello to my beautiful wife. We got Liz and Nella in the house. Hello. Good evening. Nancy S. We got my boy Randy down there in Indiana. Glad to see you here, brother. Zero in Michigan. Long time no see, brother. Glad to see you. Glad to see you. Welcome. We got Sean G.A. I'm assuming that's a Georgia outlaw Hobbs. Welcome. 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 We got Leslie Liberty, and then we have Rietta out there in California, and I know her husband, Donnie, is sitting right beside her. Happy to have you here. Good evening. And probably for you guys, it's good afternoon since you're out there in California, IA. And uh, let's see, another one just popped in, Patriot Beagle. Good evening. Good evening. Glad to see everybody here. This is really cool. So glad to see you all here. I hope everybody's having a great evening. I hope you're all doing well and everybody's healthy. So uh, glad to see you all here. So without further ado, let's get right into the reading, shall we? Because like I said, I'm trying to get a little bit better with my time and be more punctual and to the point with these shows. Um, so we're going to get right into it. So, okay. So Genesis chapter 27, we're going to be discussing, because uh, I don't know if you remember from yesterday, uh, we had a little bit of a cliffhanger of what we're going to get into today, which is Jacob's deception. A little bit of a longer chapter. Um, we got, what do we have here? We have about 40, 45 verses here. So let's get diving in, shall we? So, all right. Chapter 27, Genesis chapter 27, Jacob's deception. And for the record, in case anybody wants to know, I'm reading out of the new American standard Bible today, the new American standard, excuse me, the new American Bible revised edition. There we go. Not the NASB, the New American Bible Revised Edition. That's my personal favorite. Lately, I've been favoring King James, uh, the New King James Version. Uh, we're pivoting a little bit, doing, going back to my favorite, which is the N-A-B-R-E. Okay. Verse 1. When Isaac was so old that his eyesight had failed him, he called his older son Esau and said to him, My son, here I am. And he replied, Isaac then said, 
Now I have grown old. I do not know when I might die. So now take your hunting gear, your quiver and bow and go out into the open country and hunt some game for me. Then prepare me a dish in the way I like and bring it to me to eat so that I may bless you before I die. Rebecca had been listening while Isaac was speaking to his son Isu. So when Isu went out into the open country to hunt some game for his father, Rebecca said to her son Jacob, Listen, I heard your father tell your brother Isu, Bring me some game and prepare a dish for me to eat that I may bless you with the Lord's approval before I die. Now, my son, obey me in what I'm about to order you. Go to the flock and get me two choice young goats so that with these I might prepare a dish for your father in the way he likes. Then bring it to your father to eat that he may bless you before he dies. But Jacob said to his mother, Rebekah, but my brother Esau is a hairy man and I am smooth skinned. Suppose my father feels me. He will think I am making fun of him and I will bring on myself a curse instead of a blessing. His mother, however, replied, Let any curse against you, my son, fall on me. Just obey me and go and get me the young goats. So Jacob went and got them and brought them to his mother, and she prepared a dish in the way his father liked. Rebekah then took the best clothes of her older son, Esau, that she had in the house and gave them to her younger son, Jacob, to wear. And with the goat skins, she covered up his hands and his hairless part of his neck. Then she gave her son, Jacob, the dish and the bread she had prepared. Now going to his father, Jacob said, Father. Yes, replied Isaac. Which of my sons are you? Now Jacob answered his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I did as you told me. Please set up and eat some of my game so that you may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, How did you get... How did you get it so quickly, my son? And he answered, The Lord your God directed me. Isaac then said to Jacob, Come closer, my son, that I may feel you, to learn whether you really are my son Esau or not. So Jacob moved up closer to his father, and when Isaac felt him, he said, Although the voice is Jacob's, the hands are Esau's. He failed to identify him but because his hands were hairy, like those of his brother Esau, so he blessed him. Again, Isaac said, Are you really my son, Esau? And Jacob said, I am. Then Isaac said, Serve me, my son, and let me eat the game so that I may bless you. Jacob served it to him, and Isaac ate, and he brought him wine, and he drank. And finally his father Isaac said to him, Come closer, my son, and kiss me. And as Jacob went to kiss him, Isaac smelled the fragrance of his clothes, and with that he blessed him, saying, Ah, the fragrance of my son is like the fragrance of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give to you of the dew of the heavens and of the fertility of the earth abundance of grain and wine. May peoples serve you and nations bow down to you. By ma be master of your brothers and may your mother's son bow down to you. Cursed be those who curse you and blessed be those who bless you. Jacob had scarcely left his father after Isaac had finished blessing him. When his brother Esau came back from his hunt, then he too prepared a dish and bringing to it to his father, he said, let my father sit up and eat some of his son's game that you may give me your blessing. His father Isaac asked him, who are you? And he said, I am your son, your firstborn son Esau. And Isaac trembled greatly. 
Well, who was it then, he asked, that hunted game and brought it to me? I ate it all just before you came, and I blessed him. Now he is blessed. As he heard his father's word, Isu burst out into loud, bitter sobbing and said, Father, bless me too. Now when Isaac said, Your brother came here by a ruse and carried off your blessing, Isu exclaimed, He is well-named Jacob, is he not? He has supplanted me twice. First he took away my right as firstborn, and now he has taken away my blessing. Then he said, Have you not saved a blessing for me? Isaac replied to Isu, I have already appointed him your master, and I have assigned him all his kindred as his servants. Besides, I have sustained him with grain and wine. What then can I do for you, my son? But Isu said to his father, Have you only one blessing, father? Bless me too, father. And Isu wept aloud, and his father Isaac said in response, See far from the fertile earth will be your dwelling, far from the dew of the heavens above. By your sword you will live, and your brother you will serve. And when you become restless, you will throw off his yoke from your neck. Esau bore a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing his father had given him. Esau said to himself, Let the time of mourning for my father come, so that I may kill my brother Jacob. And when Rebekah got news of what her older son Esau had in mind, she summoned her young son Jacob and said to him, Listen, your brother Esau intends to get his revenge by killing you. So now, my son, obey me. Flee at once to my brother Laban in Haran. And stay with him a while until your brother's fury subsides. Fury subsides, until your brother's anger against you uh, subsides and he forgets what you did to him. Then I will send for you and bring you back. Why should I lose both of you in a single day? Rebecca said to Isaac, "I am disgusted with life because of the high tight women. If Jacob, wait a minute, yeah, excuse me, this is yeah. If Jacob." also should marry a Hittite woman, a native of the land, like these women, why should I live? Wow. That is the reading of Genesis chapter 27, verses 1 through 46. Actually, it's 1 through 46. I think I said 45. It's 1 through 46. That is quite interesting. That's a very, very, very sad story. Um, wow. I tell you, that's... <laughs> That's quite the story. I don't think I've ever read that one. And if I did read that chapter, um, I didn't pay much attention. That's quite something else. Wow. So in in Genesis chapter 27, you know, by the end of this chapter, um, Isaac will have handed the family blessing down to technically, which would have been his second born son, Jacob. And this should seem unusual since Esau is technically the oldest and is entitled to that inheritance. Now, at the start of the chapter, Isaac had no intention of doing so. Instead, Isaac sets out to confer the blessing on Esau, the firstborn of the two twins, and Isaac is old and blind. And so he believes himself to be near the end of his life and the time had come to pass the blessing on. Now, when the day came, Isaac tells Isu to go out in the field and hunt fresh game and prepare, you know, a delicious meal. And when Isu returned home, that Isaac would eat the meal, and then he would proceed to give Isu the blessing. 
<clears throat> excuse me. So Isu agrees, and uh, which is a far cry from his earlier attitude, which was an oath given to Jacob in a moment of recklessness to sell his birthright. So Isaac's wife, Rebecca, overhears the exchange between Isaac and Isu. Now, she loved Jacob more than Isu, clearly. I mean, that's kind of very obvious from what we saw here. And she wanted him to receive this critical blessing instead of Isu. So before the twins were even born, Rebecca received an oracle from the Lord prophesying that the younger one would one day rule over the older. So Rebecca decides to step in to help that prophecy along. And as was the case with Abraham, see, that's where she messed up. See, you can't intervene in God's inner workings. Like, you can't, <laughs> I tell you. So as was the case with Abraham, Sarah and Hagar trying to help, quote-unquote, help God's plan, typically backfires. And it did. So Rebecca compels Jacob to participate in a scheme to deceive Isaac into giving him the blessing by pretending to be the older. So she ended up preparing a meal for Isaac that was being expected from Esau. She dressed up Jacob in Esau's clothes to make him smell like his brother. She covered, you know, she covered up his smooth hands, his arms, neck with goat skin to make him feel like he, you know, was hairy to the touch like his brother Esau. Now, this is an elaborate and very deliberate act of deceit. Esau, excuse me, Esau, thank you, Zero Michigan. Uh, see, this is why I'm glad you're here, man. This is why I'm glad you're here. Thank you for that, Esau. I'll get these pronunciations correct. See, that's why you got to show up every day, Zero Michigan. <laughs> thank you for that, man. I appreciate that. Seriously, Esau. Um, But yeah, so... Jacob offers one objection about the plan. And what if his brother catches on and curses him instead of giving him the blessing? You know, it's worth noting that Jacob's concern here is not about whether or not this action is moral. But rather, his concern is only about what will happen if he is caught in the lie. So Rebecca assures Jacob to curse, assures Jacob that the curse will fall to her if that happens. So she commands him to obey and do what she says. And Jacob, of course, agrees. So when Jacob goes to his blind father with the meal, it seems that the plan is doomed from the very beginning. So Isaac starts or, you know, Isaac knows it's too soon for Esau to have returned, right? And so the voice of this man claiming to be Esau sounds like Jacob. Now, Jacob was forced to lie outright to Isaac, insisting that he was Esau. In this statement, deception about his identity is something God will turn on Jacob later in his life. Now, Isaac is finally convinced by Jacob's disguised hairy hands and the smell of the fields on his clothes. So as the son of Abraham and receiver of the promises of God, Isaac's prayer of blessing carries the weight of of certainty. So Isaac knows God will bring his blessing to pass. And he prays for great wealth in grain and in the fat of the land. And he also prays for the one before him 
to be Lord over his brother and other nations. Now, finally, Isaac passes on the promise that all who bless or curse this one will receive the same in return. So moments after Jacob leaves with these blessings from Isaac, Esau returns with his own meal. And shocked and shaking with anger, Isaac realizes that he'd been duped by Jacob, but still he says the blessing will stand. Jacob will be blessed. See, I'm going to pause here for a second and reiterate just how important words are. Words matter. Words certainly matter. Moments after Jacob leaves with these blessings from Isaac, Esau returns. Excuse me, I already read that part. Esau is distraught now at this point. And he recalls the time Jacob cheated him out of the birthright for a bowl, which we can't forget that, but yeah, for the bowl of stew and mocks the meaning of Jacob's name. Which was, uh, was it Jacob, literally meaning heel grabber or usurper. And so in a more casual understanding, the name can be understood as he lies or, in quote, being labeled as a cheater. And this is a somewhat ironic moment since Esau's oath to sell the birthright should have meant allowing Jacob to take the blessing in his father's place. Esau begs his father for some kind of blessing of his own. Mm-mm-mm. That's right, Rietta, like a precedent that was set. <laughs> We're going to see, I think, I think a lot of people are going to start learning that word precedence in the coming days and weeks. But the blessing, though, reads more like a curse for Esau. And Esau and his descendants will be wanderers living away from moisture and the fat of the land. And they will live by the sword and only at some point in the future break free from the rule of his brother. Now, the sad end of this family strife lived out through the nations of Israel and Edom and is summarized in the book of uh, Obadiah. Now, Esau, heartbroken and bitter, falls into a dark rage, committing himself to murder Jacob after Isaac dies. And Rebekah learned of his plan and urged Jacob to obey her once more by running away to live with her brother Laban in Mesopotamia. Now, she then urges Isaac to send Jacob away to find a wife among, you know, from among her own people. And her punishment for this fraud is not a small one. And so far as we can tell from Scripture, Rebecca will never see Jacob again. Mm. That's a sad, sad story. That's a very sad story. Wow. I mean, there's a couple, there's a few takeaways here, but I tell you what, one big takeaway here, do not try to expedite God's plan by thinking you can, uh, you know, act on your own behalf and think that you're, you know, speeding up God's plan. Obviously that will never work out. You cannot intervene in God's plan. You need to just let things be. Because if you're going to sit there and micromanage God and try to, you know, intervene you think god's really gonna look at you as somebody that trusts in him 100 percent? 
Probably not. So, yeah, it's probably probably best to just fully trust in God and just let him do what he does. Just kind of a suggestion. I don't know. I mean, it's just that's just me. So anyway, but anyway, but that's the reading of uh, Genesis chapter 27 and our summary. And yeah, Rietta, she she put right here in the chat board, sometimes, but sometimes we do intervene and he is still faithful to love us. Uh, and that's a Romans 8.28. Yes, very, very true. But see, I think the problem with this intervention was it was built and based around the foundation of deceit and deception. I don't think God would look very favorable on that part of it. Uh, that's just, I think, I don't know, just a guess, just a guess. I don't know. Like I said, I'm not a biblical scholar, but that's just a guess. But, uh, but anyway, at any rate, let's end this in a prayer. We'll close this out and then we'll attack the other side here and get into the next show. So, <coughs> excuse me. So Heavenly Father, I want to say thank you for this time. And we appreciate um, the stories that you teach us here in your good book. And um, there's a lot of lessons to take away here. But the biggest thing we need to realize is that whatever you have in store for us, we need to be very faithful and trusting in whatever it is that you have built for us, the path that you have laid out before us. We need to surrender 100% to the will that you have stored up in our life. Let us always remain faithful. Let us always gravitate to do what's right and to always, well, stand in courage to do some of the, even some of the most scary stuff out there that most people are fear, you know, that most people are typically fearful of even acting on. Always be a light for us, you know, in that darkness, show us the way each day, each minute of this fight that we're in. We pray for our nation. We ask for forgiveness and we repent of our sins to you for any and all sins that we have committed, both knowing and unknowingly, not just individually, but also as a nation. We definitely need you, Father. We need your intervention. We need you more than ever. We need to get our country back. We need to get our assembly of states. We need to get all 50. We need this now more than ever with all that we see going on. We know we do. We cannot put limits on you, and all things are possible through you. Always remind us that we cannot rely on our own understanding and our own thought process. And we need to realize that you have no limits and everything is possible. There is no such thing as impossibilities with you because there is no limits for you. So we need to always remember that. Rietta also adds here in the prayer, Father, thank you for your faithfulness. You are so good with your grace and mercy. Thank you, Father, for being long-suffering with us. We pray all this in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. So we're going to close this out. Give me about a couple minutes, and then we will return on the other side. Um, that show is going to be called, uh, well, what did I show? I just, uh, for totally forgot. Let me pull it up here. That's going to be called. There is only 
one way. Only one way. All right. All right. We will see you on the other side. If we don't see you on the other side, we will see you back here tomorrow. God bless, ladies and gentlemen. And suddenly, a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him. Lord, save us. We perish. Why are you fearful? Oh, you of little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a great calm. So the men marveled. Who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him?